It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined by my longtime co-host, Carson Ray. Hey, everybody. It's a great day to talk about X-Wing. Of course, it's always an awesome day when we get new X-Wing content, new ship releases, new points. Wow. Like, what happened? Uh, and we do apologize for missing last week's episode. It was one of those classic scenarios of uh, Carson and I recorded what I think was a fantastic episode. You know, it was a solid, I don't know, 40 minutes worth of content. And it was mostly our predictions about expecting a points update during the week of uh, Gen Con Online and what things we'd like to see in changes and, you know, product announcements. And then uh, we recorded that on Monday uh, to release on Wednesday. And then, of course, on Tuesday morning, they dropped uh, the points update, which kind of undermined pretty much everything we talked about yeah i think it's because i had some great points and was right in that episode that you just decided not to post it um (laughs) whether or not it was outdated news i think the advantage though we have is that uh since we didn't release it we can just when we do eventually talk about points we can just claim that we uh called everything in advance and uh that that's all in that other lost episode i'm kind of excited actually to have another lost episode i didn't know that would happen so quick yeah well when you post one lost episode another one uh is created (laughs) Uh, but obviously, an insane amount of news coming from uh, Fantasy Flight Games uh, for their uh, Gen Con online presentations. We had the in-flight report uh, a few days ago, and then uh, a dedicated X-Wing stream talking about the upcoming content. A whole bunch of new product announcements for the very near future. And of course, we also got a points update. So uh, we're going to cover, mostly today, we're going to cover the new content being released. We're still kind of processing the points update and uh, John was not able to join us this week, so we wanted to make sure John was on board to actually talk about the points because I feel like he's got a good technical know-how, so it would be kind of a disservice to our fans to talk about points without having John here. I think it was you know, not that he just got married, but because there wasn't a new <laughs> uh, First Order announcement that he decided to skip this episode, but whatever. Well, so today we're going to give some impressions that we have actually a lot of new content that's been announced. So we're going to give some impressions on the expansions coming out, a lot of the new cards that have been revealed. Um, Yeah, lots of fun stuff to talk about today. So I think we should get into it. Oh, yeah. All right, couple shout-outs, though, I wanted to do at the front end of the show so we do not forget about them. Uh, obviously, a big one for us here at the podcast is that our, our dear co-host, John McDermott, has uh, become married. He's tied the knot. We want to give a huge congratulations to John and Anna. Yeah, I think let's just go ahead and dedicate this episode to them. Congratulations, John and Anna. Well, and we also wanted to, uh, as a special gift, I think, from Carson and I to John, is that we've decided to uh, change his title on the podcast. So he will now be the uh, lead director and producer for all content on Radio TCX, which is a fantastic title, I think. Uh, he it comes with a lot of great of... responsibilities, too. It does. Uh, he really... will be in charge of all recording and editing uh, and all social media handling and uh, Patreon stuff. So Yeah, he's definitely going to take over Twitter, too. Um, it's a <laughs> no Carson that's still on you uh, huge honor for John though to have this new title so we look forward to all the uh, content he's going to edit in the future it's going to be great yeah of course we also want to give some shout outs to some people who've made our lives easier uh, definitely this past week you know processing all the data 
shout out to Paul Fuller who put together a great spreadsheet, you know, breaking down all the points changes um, and switches from hyperspace and extended. Just a great way to track all the changes done really succinctly. So thanks, Paul. Make podcasting a lot easier. And we're we're planning to talk about points next week, so we've already got our uh, big notes spreadsheet going right now. Um, and Paul's doc has been a huge help in trying to figure out exactly what changed and what we need to talk about. So I also, on that note too, looking at new points, wanted to give some shout outs. We don't do this enough to uh, some of the community built squad builders that really uh, make this game so much more accessible for me and I think so many people. So we wanted to give a special shout out to Andre Lind, who uh, maintains Launchbane Next. Uh, which is generally my go-to squad builder. It works great on the iPhone. Um, and if you, you know, check out the squad builder, if you're using it, find a way to support him, spread the news about it. Um, I think he's got Patreon and whatnot. So Andre does a great job with a really, really strong mobile app for uh, X-Wing squad building. Yeah, he's got a link to his Patreon um, on the app itself. Um, yeah, Launch Bay Dix, um, my go-to squad builder. I'm on the iPhone. Uh, works great. Um, also got give a shout out to Stephen Kim, uh, who manages the yet another squad builder, you know, Android users, that's their go-to squad builder. You know, both of these guys, they've basically made second edition playable, uh, processing the jumble of points on those PDFs that FFG gives us and the sort of app that we have from them, this game, it would be really difficult, um, to do without the work of these two individuals. Hugely appreciated. Keep doing the good work. All right, let's get down to the content, though. Uh, so we had a whole bunch of new releases announced. Obviously, new we know, stuff, uh, new stuff, new stuff. What we now know is the first part of Wave 7 is coming out uh, very soon. Actually, in September, we're going to get those three ships we knew about. Uh, the Lat gunship, the uh, Z-Class shuttle, and then the, uh, what is it, the HMP, the Separatist one? Yep, the HMP gunship. Yeah, so different gunship for the Separatists and Republics, and then First Order gets a mini Lambda. So some cool stuff there. Um, we're, gonna get, we're expecting preview articles in the new in the future, but we also got, with the Inflate Report, a whole bunch of new releases coming out. So uh, the back half of Wave 7, we're going to be getting two new expansions, uh, the Thai RB Heavy expansion and the Heralds of Hope expansion. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought I was really excited for Wave 7, and then with all these new releases, wow, there is um, a lot coming out these next few months, and it all looks really awesome. Yeah, and then, you know, back half of that, we're also getting Wave 8, which is going to be a uh, Old Republic-themed wave. Two new ships for the Republic, two new ships for the Separatist. We're getting the Ada 2 Actus expansion and the Nimbus-class V-Wing expansion for the Republic, as well as the Droid Tri-Fighter expansion and the Django Fett Slave 1 expansion for the Separatists. Yeah, all of these expansions look awesome. Um, so let's, I guess, dive in a little bit and talk about what we sort of know for each one. Um, so we know Wave 7, that's coming out um, next month, sometime in September. Um, that's what the in-flight report said. Yep, so the first half of Wave 7 will be the ones we've already announced. The second half will come in October. Yeah, so, so then the second big. half of Wave 7, we got the TIE RB Heavy. Um, this thing's pretty awesome. Um, it kind of you know has that aesthetic of like a TIE SF, uh, but this one's bigger. It's a medium-based ship, so that's pretty cool. You know, we've seen the TIE Reaper, TIE Punisher, you know, be those medium base tie ships 
Now we got this tie heavy. Yeah, so this one's cool. Uh, this one was obviously featured in the Solo, a Star Wars story film, which I actually just watched the other night. I, I actually like that movie a lot. Um, yeah, it's in like a couple scenes, though, while they're doing the Kessel Run. Um, but this ship's got a cool design. It's kind of got a single pod with uh, adjacent in between the solar panels, the uh, rotating cannons, which we're now seeing is going to translate mechanically into the game as uh, a front and rear mobile arc. Um, that can only, with the ship ability, be rotated front or rear. So, obviously, no side shots there through the solar panels. Uh, this is, you know, reminiscent of the TIE SF or the RZ-2 A-Wing. Yeah, and actually, I think I like that design of the TIE SF comparison the most here because, you know, in the same way that the TIE SF can fire missiles out of wherever its mobile arc is facing, um, that seems like that's going to be true for the TIE Heavy here with a cannon. Um, so, it can use its cannon upgrade you know, as it rotates um, that mobile arc, which is really cool. I, one of the things that really excited me about this too is to see a like a new new fighter expansion for the Empire because I feel like it's been a while since they've actually gotten some like truly new content for the game. Yeah, it has been a while. I mean, obviously, you know, going to the new edition, they got to rebrand a lot of the old stuff. But um, yeah, there's basically just been new pilots and not really new ships. This ship looks pretty solid, though. It's got two uh, attack for that front and rear mobile arc. Um, you've got one agility and then eight hulls. So this thing's pretty beefy. Right. I mean, you know, we compare the TIE Bomber, you know, as the Imperial Y-Wing. But this one, actually, I think, stat line feels a lot more like a Y-Wing. Yeah, and, and you know, from what we can tell uh, on the surface, it seems like this is going to be probably a more ordnance-focused ship. Um, knowing what little I know about it right now, you've got the focus, reinforce, lock, red barrel roll, and then a rotate action linked into a red calculate. Yeah, I also really like the design use of the calculate there within um, this Imperial ship. You know, usually we've seen calculate used just for like droid ships. Um, actually, the Empire doesn't use that many, but it can also, you know, be used to simulate just like a targeting computer as well. Well, we, we know that uh, the droid thing does play into this ship's lore. So uh, this ship has a droid intelligence that goes with it, and that's going to manifest itself as some configs for this ship, um, one of which got spoiled for us. Yeah, so we have the Maneuver Assist MGK-300, which is a TIE-RB heavy configuration. Um, and that gives you the calculate action and a barrel roll that links into a red calculate action as well as the text, reduce the difficulty of your speed three straight and bank maneuvers, which is really cool because we've seen, you know, comparing this to a Y-Wing again, you know, we've seen dial reductions abilities, um, you know, within like the Rebel faction, you know, because they have access to those astromechs um, and the Imperials really haven't had that good of a parallel. Um, and so now seeing these tie specific upgrades, this configuration, um, it's really cool to see, you know, we have some maneuver reducing and, you know, with that droid element, giving those calculate actions. Yeah, and even though this config is uh, dedicated to the heavy, they all did announce that this ship is going to come with some TIE-specific upgrade cards that are going to apply to all just general TIE fighters, uh, which is pretty cool. And that'll come into play when we talk about the uh, Nimbus-class V-Wing here in a little bit. So lots of cool stuff. I'm, I'm really excited for the RB Heavy expansion. Um, I do love the front-rear firing arc. I've just seen that manifest as such really good gameplay with the RZ-2 and with the TIE-SF. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something we don't want to see overdone. You know, if every ship can shoot behind them, then that's not interesting. But having some ships that have that option has um, created some cool gameplay options. It'll be cool, too, to see it um, on a ship with a lower agility that's a little more prone to taking damage, right? Because the other ships are a little more nimble, either in their maneuvering or their agility, yeah. Right, we've seen, yeah, the SF and the A-Wing utilize that a bit more. All right, so moving on, uh, we have the Heralds of Hope squadron pack, uh, which this is just the best thing ever. Um, And (laughs) I, I kind of feel a little dumb thinking that this is the best thing ever. Like I'm, I'm like really <laughs> excited about this expansion and all it is, is like a rebranding of more T seventies and RZ twos. Uh, but you know, that's, that's the best. Those are, those are the best ships. They're the most fun. They do the most winning. They're awesome. Um, and now we get them in new paint schemes and new pilots and new upgrades. And this one makes a lot of sense, too. Obviously, we hadn't seen much uh, Rise of the Skywalker um, content, so it makes sense to see this here. We, we get three pretty cool-looking new paint schemes. I actually really like that RZ2 A-Wing paint scheme, too. Uh, that looks pretty rad in particular. Um, how excited, though, honestly, Carson, when you saw this? Because I was actually not expecting something like this. Uh, me neither. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, I did not know that I wanted and needed in my life until I saw it. Um and now I probably need two of these things. So, and there are a couple things about it um, that I think are pretty interesting. So, first of all, having another squadron pack for new factions. Obviously, we've seen the squadron packs before with the Separatists and with the Republic. Um, this is cool because I'm excited to have a new entry entry point for players coming to the game, so that they don't just have to buy, you know, the normal corset and just get Rebel and Empire. They're they're Fantasy Flight's really kind of laying the groundwork, it seems like, so that if people want to jump into the game, they don't just have to buy the regular core set. They can just jump right into a faction here. And, you know, getting three ships for, I think it's 50 bucks, um, you're pretty close to being able to run a 200-point squad with just this pack. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've, you know, flown lists that are two T-70s and one A-Wing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I mean, I think that's great. And I also think, you know, getting one of these and then one T70 expansion and one RZ2 expansion, you know, giving yourself all the pilot and upgrade options for those ships. Um, that's great, you know? Yeah. And then you just, all you have to do is buy one of those new faction damage decks and get some templates and some dice and you're good to go. That's right. And I, you don't even probably need to buy dice. I feel like at this point you just find any X-Wing player and they're probably just swimming in corset dice at this point. I think I, I don't know. I probably have 50 of each or something. I feel like I've, Given away most of my corset dice. What's wrong with you, Tim? Um, <laughs> I'm stingy. I got to keep them. Got to keep them all. I also save my little proof of purchase cardboard tabs because you never know I'm going to have to prove that I bought uh, multiple Star Vipers in first edition. That only proves that you're a psychopath. Um, that is all that that proves. <laughs> this is all. We, we already knew this. Um, this expansion, too, comes with some new variant pilots. So there's a new Podamron, new uh, Tim and Wexley. We'll talk about that after we run through all these new releases because we're going to dive no, into I'm gonna, I'm gonna, We'll jump to that now. You want to do it now? <sighs> all you okay, have to do fine. is scroll down on the page, Tim. All right. <sighs> That's complicated. These are not arranged at all, Carson. What did you do? Oh They're all Your brain the is too right-sided. I'm helping you. <sighs> okay. We're talking about Poe first? Yeah. Okay. So we have two new pilots um, for the resistance that were spoiled. Um, and they're new in that it's Poe Dameron and Demon Wexley. Um, so, you know, oh, cat's running across the computer. All right. Um, I'm leaving that in. Okay. 
um, going back. So yeah, we have uh, Poe and Temin, but these are in their like general or commander forms. And so what's really cool is to see that um, translated into pilot abilities. Um, because, you know, we know Poe and Snaff Wexley, they have great pilot abilities that make those ships um, pretty effective. Early snaps did until they changed. Um, <laughs> Timing windows, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now, yeah, so we have um, new Poe Dameron, Resistance Commander, still Initiative 6, you know, T-70, same stat line, same actions. Uh, but with the new ability, after a friendly ship at range 0 to 2 performs an action during its activation, you may spend two charges. If you do, that ship may perform a white action, treating it as red. Um, and Poe has two charges that were recurring. So he can use that ability every other turn. Yeah, so this this is pretty cool. And I like to see they're using the subtitles for... Obviously, Poe's got the same name on both of his pilot cards, but he's got different subtitles uh, this time. And Fantasy Flight has started to do that, it looks like, to kind of represent characters at different stage in their character arcs. Right, we've definitely seen that with Anakin... Yep, little Annie in the N1 Starfighter, and then you also have older Annie, Hero of the Republic, and then we're even getting a new Anakin, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But it's cool to see them uh, represent this mechanically, too, um, where this ability with Poe feels very linked to his old ability. Um, and they talked about this a little bit in their live stream, but the earlier Poe variant we saw, still pilot skill six, um, was more of a solo hotshot flyer. Here you have one that works a little more synergistically. So he's not, if he's only helping himself with his ability, he's not as efficient because he can only do it every other turn, right? With the two charges you need to spend. Right. He can only recur one a turn. But the fact that he can share that now with other people opens up some really cool gameplay. Yeah, I mean, this is also just like thematically such a cool design, right? Because Poe, you know, gets to do you two actions. Um, old school push the limit. But now it's like, you know, as a leadership, he's learning to teach that and pass it on to others. Um, and so that's really cool you know, to see that as sort of like a coordinate ability, but also themed within his own ability. Really cool design. Um, yeah, really also curious about pricing on this. You know, is that better than his old ability? Um, sometimes yes, sometimes no, which is really cool. Yeah, I, I was looking at, uh, when we were going over points, getting the notes ready for next week, I was looking at the point difference between a lot of the T-70s, and Poe, he's really up there, so I'm curious to see if, they, uh, if they're if they rating this one as a little bit better or a little bit worse. I'm not exactly sure. I feel like it might be even a little bit better, just because we know the value of coordinate, right? Um, that's a really powerful action. So functionally being able to do that with Poe, um, kind of for free also, you know, you don't have to spend an action to do it. Um, that might be a little bit better than standard Poe. Well, so that's, it's an interesting thing because coordinate is great, but usually it's because it's on a ship that you don't care as much action that you're trading for your, you know, powerful ship that you're giving an extra action. In this case, it's your, you know, expensive initiative six X-Wing that's, you know, in, a sense giving up an action because now he doesn't have that second action for Poe um, and can only do it every other turn. And so you're moving that action somewhere else in your list. And so like finding the right place for that. I mean, if you're just giving extra actions to generics, is that as good? And the answer might still be yes, but like, I'm not sure. Right. 
We're also getting a new Tim and Wexley card too, uh, which All is right, pretty you're cool. just cutting off that rant because I could probably go <laughs> well, in that loop for a while. <laughs> we, I mean, we're talking about resistance, so I feel like you're you could go on rants for the entire length of this episode. And I, you know, we've got a lot of content. You're to just talk about. bitter you didn't get any new resist or uh, first order stuff. <laughs> oh, we got some we got some nice stuff on the point side though. So there's, I'm not feeling too bad about first order. We'll talk about that. Later. No, honestly, like I was a little. <laughs> sad about resistance in the points update but then with all the new cards i'm like well maybe there's a good reason <laughs> it balances out uh temen though new temen card really interesting ability this one's kind of mind bending in the application it could have encourages you to run a lot of uh ships with configs flip configs but uh temen's ability still initiative four at the start of the engagement phase each friendly t70 x-wing at range zero to three may gain one strain token to flip its equipped config upgrade if it does, that ship gains one Calculate token. So lots of interesting things here. I do like seeing they're using Strain more and more as a cost, which I actually really like in the game. Yeah, well, it's a nice balance. You know, get a Strain to get something that's beneficial. And so here with Temin, we see that, you know, okay, you're spending that Strain um, and gaining a Calculate token. And the interesting part of that ability is whether or not flipping your configuration, your S-foils, you know, because these are T-70s, is that a cost or a benefit? Um, and that's what's so cool about this pilot is, you know, sometimes that could be a cost of, okay, we're reducing our weapons to get this calculate. Um, but it, you know, really empowers a player to think ahead and, you know, flip those S-foils during the engagement, you know, utilize that extra mobility, linked action, get a focus, um, and then flip them back to offense and gain that calculate token. Yeah, and I think this is going to create some really cool synergy between T70s. I, I, I also like the idea of having a list that runs a lot of T70s to make uh, to take advantage of this ability, and and like being able to late game decide to flip your config because that often can telegraph so much when you know you set your config, your opponent can kind of tell what you're going to do. Um, but having that option there where you can you know keep it closed or flip it open at engagement seems pretty cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, I'll have to think some more about all of its implications. But this one, just from a gameplay perspective, I feel like opens up so many cool options. All right, so obviously there's a lot of other resistance cards. Um, we could talk about a bunch. Um, but there were some other expansions, so we should move on. But uh, there's one more card that I want to talk about. Because um, this one, I think, is probably the coolest one of the bunch and makes me um, really excited for this expansion um, just to see what they can do with ships that, you know, they've already been designed, but you know, when we get a, a new pack, just rebranding these old ships, um, it's really cool to see them breathe new life into these ships. Um, and I think we're going to see that with this card, the starbird slash an a wing talent. Yeah, and, and the uh, requirements for this card is specifically, or I guess not too specifically, it just says A-Wing, so that's obviously going to cover all released A-Wings, both the RZ-1 and the RZ-2. And, you know, this card is amazing just on its art, like a fantastic piece of art of an A-Wing flying over an Upsilon-class shuttle. Pretty rad. Right, well, and it's like this talent is describing some cool, unique ma maneuver um, that a pilot might be able to do, and you're like, okay, I wonder what that maneuver's going to look like. Well, here's some art. Um showing you exactly what that is which is great 
So this card reads, after you fully execute a maneuver, you may choose one enemy ship you moved through. That ship gains one strain token. Then if you're in that ship's firing arc, you gain one strain token. Yeah, um, really cool. Um, potentially very powerful, um, especially with those um, mobile firing arcs on those resistance A-wings. I always just blast past my opponent and flip that arc behind me. So that's really cool to um, have that be something you get rewarded for doing. I'm really curious on the costing of this because that does sound pretty good. Well, I mean, yeah, anything that reduces defensive rolls means you're going to probably get more damage through, which is pretty sweet. Um, I, I like this card almost entirely because it's just exploring a place mechanically that we haven't seen them do too much in the game. So using the trigger of moving through a ship to activate an ability seems pretty cool. I love. I actually really love when they make these new expansions and they explore new areas of gameplay in X-Wing uh, because it, it kind of reminds me that there's still a lot of space to explore even for a game that is you know functionally eight years old at this point. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff they can do um, that has not been touched. Well, so there's cool things that they explore and some things that, um, you know, if you get into design space that, like, doesn't mechanically work well with the game, like, that can make the game kind of cumbersome. Um, but this is a new area that I think doesn't really mess with the, like, gameplay itself in any negative way. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, and here again, we just see a cool design of um, that utilization of the strain token again. Yeah, I, I like using strain because um, before, like back in the day, in first edition, they'd often just use stress tokens as a costing mechanic. Um, and that is sometimes a little bit too extreme. Like it kind of limits the effects you can do that are really worth taking the stress. Um, having the strain, though, as an option to cost mechanics is really cool. Yeah. Um, so and it's, a, it's a penalty, but it's a finite penalty, right? You either get shot at or you clear it. So, And it doesn't really limit your dial as much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think within these, you know, we've talked about some of the strain stuff. Um, we're going to see some more deplete as well um, for more costing mechanics, which is cool as well. So that wraps up the October release. We have that awesome resistance box, the Heralds of Hope, um, and then that TIE RB Heavy. And then coming out in November, we got that Ada 2 Actus, the V-Wing, Tri-Fighter, Django Fett Slave One. Which one do you want to tackle first? Ooh, let's go for uh, let's go for the Ada Two. Okay. Um, this one's pretty cool. I always like this ship design. This one's featured pretty prominently at the start of Revenge of the Sith, and what we're getting is a uh, new interceptor for the Republic. And this one seems a lot more in line with uh, like the Tie Interceptor style of interceptor. Um, it's got a pretty cool thing it does though with its stat line. So this thing has a pretty sweet stat line of a three attack for the Bullseye Arc and then just a two attack for the regular forward firing arc, three agility, and three hull. So it's a pretty lean fighter, but um, this thing is very agile, and they said in their live stream too it's going to have the dial of an interceptor, um, but it differentiates itself from a lot of high-initiative interceptors that we've seen before. Yeah, I mean, that stat line, of course, also pretty reminiscent of the Delta Seven with the calibrated laser targeting, you know, having those three dice in the bullseye um, and two in the attack arc that feels pretty similar, but I think they've done some really cool things to make the ship feel both similar and different. Um, and we of course see that in the intuitive controls, that ship ability um, comparing that to the fine tuned controls. This one's going to work during the system phase 
you can perform either a purple a barrel roll or purple boost action. You know, so spend a forest to do a barrel roll or do a boost. Um, but doing that in the system phase. So now you don't, don't get to double reposition after you move um, like the Delta 7s could, but you get that system phase movement. Yeah, so this is, again, another cool way to balance things out. So I like the um, system phase reposition because it makes you decide. You, you can do an interceptor thing, but you have to be a little more deliberate, and you have to kind of telegraph what you're going to do a little bit more so this thing's not going to be overpowered. Looking at the initiative lineup for the ship, it's obviously all Jedi pilots, and they all have generally high initiatives. So a double reposition with a high initiative ship can be a, kind of a negative thing for the game if that there's too much of that. So balancing that out with the intuitive controls uh, seems like a good way to make it good, but not too good. Um, the So Tim, before you move on, if you were designing your dream uh, Jedi Starfighter, would it have intuitive controls or fine-tuned controls? Well, I think for the most part, uh, fine-tuned controls is a better ability, being able to do the repositioning after you move. But that, again, is circumstantial, right? Because there will be opportunities where if you need to get out of a tight space, like you need to preemptively barrel roll or boost in order to exit, finish your maneuver or do something tricky, that actually would be better circumstantially. So it opens up opportunities for you to do things like you could roll your ship right up in front of an asteroid if you need to for cover and then do that preemptive barrel roll before you move to clear out of the way so you can clear your maneuver. Right. Well, I mean, especially when you're playing against like swarms and they're able to block your maneuvers um you know particularly when your ace is trying to do like that k turn which does come up with these jedi starfighters like anakin you know you really don't want to dial in that 5k turn and have it be blocked um so now anakin with intuitive controls um assuming he still has some sort of k turn you know being able to do a system phase boost um to you know move that either direction that's gonna be really hard for your opponent to anticipate yeah so i i think this ship's gonna explore some more interesting gameplay um it's got a pretty solid action bar so you have focus and a white evade with a purple lock action as well as boost and barrel roll so in most in most ways it looks like a pretty solid uh, interceptor action bar i think one of the big points here that we can't miss is that you can get a white evade here with ships that are going to have at least a couple force charges i mean anakin's got three force charges for sure which makes them super defensive with the three agility which will help compensate obviously for the uh, limited amount of hole they have yeah i think that's one of the big noticeable differences between the ada 2 and the delta 7 in their stat line is the absence of that shield um so these guys are going to feel a lot squishier you got that three agility and all that force, but you do also have access to that evade action not costing you force. Um, so you're going to rely on those greens and be able to modify those green dice very well. We also know that uh, we don't know what it's going to manifest as right now, but this ship is also going to be the first to feature purple maneuvers where you have to spend a force to execute the maneuver. Um, we don't know what that's going to look like, though, but if they're using the force, I would, I'm hoping we'll see something cool other than just, you know, you know, a K-turn or something. Like, I want to see something really interesting. Yeah, I'm assuming it's going to function the same way red maneuvers work in relation to red actions, so it's going to cost a force. Hopefully it does something pretty cool. This expansion is also interesting. So this one actually comes with two miniatures. You have the A to 2 Actus, and then you also get the uh, Cilier class hyperspace ring, um, which, so this is, just this a is silly, interesting. It's just a silly thing, right? 
<laughs> so this is fun because uh, they announced this is actually not going to be a part of standard X-Wing. This is the first time that a uh, expansion comes with uh, game content that's not for hyperspace or extended. This is going to be for scenarios or for epic play. Um, but this thing is uh, the hyperspace ring. Obviously, we've seen since Attack of the Clones. A lot of people, like our friend Ken Cho, has 3D printed these, which are pretty sweet. Um, and this is going to fit on several of the Republic ships. So... Um, I'm not exactly sure. We know a little bit about what it's going to function as a uh, device, um, but we don't know what the scenarios are going to look like. I just thought it was cool. It looks really sweet when you have the Ada oh, in that so hyperspace cool. ring. I, I, I can't this wait is to slip Obi Wan to have ship in there on your desk, right? Yeah, um, this is definitely a display piece. Yeah, it's just it's cool that it exists within this game. Um, I think it makes sense that it's not in um, hyperspace or extended balancing something like a hyperdrive ring uh that seems a little hard to do um and you know on the bigger scale map something with that's going to increase your mobility that's probably a little better there all right so that's the uh uh good overview there the a to two actus uh pretty excited for this one it just looks sweet too if you see the rendering of it with the hyperspace ring on it is awesome i can't wait to make a little uh diorama with you know obi-wan's uh, Ether Sprite in the hyperspace ring and then facing off against uh, Jango Fett. That'll be pretty rad. We also, though, have the uh, predecessor to the TIE Fighter, the Nimbus-class V-Wing expansion. Um, so this one is pretty cool. It's got a straightforward stat line, two attack, three agility, two hull, two shield, focus lock, red barrel roll, and a boost into a red lock action. Um, one thing that makes this special, though, is it has a ship ability where it is able to take TIE-specific upgrades um, because it is, you know, in lore, the predecessor to the TIE Fighter. Right, and so now we'll be getting um, some TIE upgrades. We'll get them um, within this expansion and also with that TIE Heavy expansion. Also cool, you know, I'm looking at this and it seems like it's going to be a, a light fighter, another light fighter for the Republic. Um, and it's cool to see, you know, that stretch out there, something with a little higher agility, um, slightly lower stat line than the um, Torrent, but... Filling in a space, hopefully, that hasn't been explored yet. We don't know too much about the pilots for this one. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to a preview article to fill out those details. Well, what I like about it is that it looks a lot faster than the Torrent. You know, we have those <laughs> um, barrel rolls and boosts. Um, so that's awesome. You know, especially when you're using those really fast, nimble Jedi ships, I want other fast um, fighters supporting them. Oh, one other thing that we uh, we forgot to talk about with the uh, 82 is we do know that the uh, Anakin pilot is uh, Anakin's going to be a pilot for the 82 Actus. Uh, three force charges. This one's got the moniker the Hero of Coruscant. So I guess representing his uh, Revenge of the Sith development. And so this one's this one's interesting. So this again explores some interesting design space for the game. Anakin's ability is after you or a friendly Obi-Wan Kenobi ship at range 0 to 3 executes a maneuver, if there are more enemy ships than other friendly ships at range 0 to 1 of that ship, you may spend one force charge. If you do, that ship removes one red token of your choice. Yeah, so this one gets um, some negative points for being a really wordy ability. <laughs> Super wordy, yes. Uh, but gets some positive points for some pretty... Interesting design space. I'm actually not quite sure how I feel about it. Um, we have a pilot that specifically references another pilot. I'm hoping that's not going to constrain list building too much. Um, but I think because we have this force cost, you're not going to want to do this that often. Um, but it's cool that it'll come up more frequently. 
Well, I mean, Anakin on his own at Initiative 6 in what is mostly an interceptor chassis with three force charges and a white evade, that seems pretty good on its own. So I don't think this thing's going to be too cheap. Um, I am interested to see how they try to balance it out, though, um, with this pilot ability that can only either work for Anakin or Anakin and Obi-Wan. Because it's one of those cases where, I mean, we're going to have to see it on the table. But if the ability's, you know, too good with just Anakin, then it's probably going to be crazy good with the combo of being able to do it on both Anakin and Obi-Wan. But at the same time, like, if this ability doesn't prove to be that great on its own, and it was only really good with Obi-Wan, I don't know how they're going to price that, right? Do you price it for the combo, or do you price it for the standalone? Right. That That's where I'm concerned, but I think I'm going to reserve judgment on that. See, I mean, you know, I, I can't complain about having really good high initiative force users for the Republic, though. It might make me, you know, step aside from the First Order for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Delta 7s have been a ton of fun to fly, and I don't see any reason why the Eta 2A or, yeah, Eta 2 Actuses. Gosh, that's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't see any Eta reason why Actus. these guys wouldn't be um, just as fun to put on the table. You What's the all plural of cool Actus? Acti. I don't know. Acti. I just made it up. Um, English is not worth um, <laughs> trying to understand all of its rules. Oh, one more thing, too, that we're getting uh, force upgrades. I can't remember. I think this is coming in the Ada 2. They spoiled the image somewhere, but we're getting the patience force power. Yeah, we um, have our first light-sided force power. Yeah, and so this was kind of funny. So I kind of assumed the light side, dark side thing, which had been mentioned on a couple other cards, like Maul, and there's a couple upgrades that get mentioned, the light side, dark side thing. Um I th- kind of thought that was something they were abandoning. It seemed like kind of an artifact of early design of second Sorry, edition. This is not since our we first, didn't see Battle much Battle Meditation's light side, right? Or is that Republic only? I think it just says Republic on Battle Meditation. I'm going to look that up right now. And I, I'm going to hope I'm right. And I'm going to leave it all in the podcast. Okay. Nope, it's just Republic. Okay. It doesn't have the light side specification. Yeah, so I thought this was something. I thought this was a um, kind of like a mechanic they were going to abandon. It's cool to see it coming back, though um and see where that goes so that gives us another dividing line between force talents there where if they start to do this more frequently we're going to see some real distinctions between the sith pilots um in x-wing and the jedi pilots well also what i like about this is it does mirror um the hate the dark side upgrade card pretty well because they're both uh force recovery abilities you know this one um you're gaining a deplete token if you have a ship in arc to get back a force um, and then the dark side one, of course, you're taking damage to get back a force. And, you know, we've been critical of a lot of the force powers before because in so many cases, um, the requirements to use the force powers isn't as good as just having the force charges. I think this one might really forge a path for good force powers because this well, ability you know why that good. is. It's because it says get a force back, not <laughs> spend a yeah. force. Right. Uh, right so right, you right. kind but of so many... made that point that the ones that make you spend forces aren't that good, even stronger. (laughs) Fair enough. But I feel like this is something that is super relevant for the Republic because there are so many cases where I just need a little extra defense. And, you know, it's not hard to get enemy ships in your forward firing arc. You just might be getting shot at by some other ships. So having an extra force charge for defense rolling better or not being in a bad (laughs) position where you need that force. Just a thought. I should try a little harder. I'll roll a little bit better. It's actually just called having some patience. Um, <laughs> Eventually, you'll roll good. 
All right, so then we've got just down to the last two ships here, two new Separatist ships. Uh, let's talk about the droid Tri-Fighter first, because I'm really excited about Jango Fett Slave 1, so I think we should cap off on that. Um, but the droid Tri-Fighter is a new Separatist ship. It's got three attack, three agility, and three hull. Uh, so pretty strong, and it's got an action bar that uh, is not shocking for it being a droid fighter. Calculate, evade, and lock, along with a barrel roll linked into a red evade and a boost linked into a red calculate. That's interesting that you're saying you're not that excited about this droid tri-fighter. I feel like my view on this is I've been um, not that nice to the Separatist faction, and now I want to apologize and see if they'll let me back in. Um, this thing looks sweet. <laughs> like, you just get a slam around the board for a few turns, um, get in this awesome flanking position, and then, you know, leverage this crazy action bar. Well, so this action bar is really cool, too, because it's cool to see uh, reposition actions kind of connected to offensiveness and defensiveness. So your barrel roll linked into an evade is your, like, defensive reposition, and then the boost linked into red calculate seems like your offensive reposition. So it's cool that they're kind of differentiating those two mechanically. Yeah, and then, you know, as an interceptor, we have three hole, three agility, three attack dice. Uh, pretty awesome. You know, we talked about the Nantex wasn't quite an interceptor. You know, now the Separatists finally have that interceptor, and this thing is sick. Yeah, you can also get the uh, Intercept Boosters Config, which is Droid Tri-Fighter exclusive. And this one actually introduces another, It's a, I think it's a brand new mechanical element. Uh, so this thing is a dual-sided card on the face-up setup side. It's got three charges that go down one per turn. So it counts down to zero rather than counting up, which is what we normally see um, and this card reads during the system phase gain one disarm token unless you flip this card at the end of the end phase if you have no active charges flip this card all that because you gain as an action the slam linked into a red target lock yeah so cool um, you know so you have three turns to get that um, slam you know putting this tri-fighter in the right position uh, but if you get there earlier you know uh, you can get rid of this um, and then, you know, start using those uh, red attack dice. I, I do like to see this in the game mechanically, too, because I think um, sometimes setup for X-Wing games can be a little slow just because of the limits of the ships. Uh, I see this a lot in my first order list where when I'm running ships without a lot of boost actions, it takes me a few turns to get into the fight. Are you um, sure that's having not access to the first order and just you? <laughs> I guess it might be. Um, but ha having this ship here with the slam action, that is finite, right? So you're only going to use it towards the start of the game because you only have so many turns to do it. Um, that's pretty cool. Like to move in really quickly, get those locks early on, and then engage in, you know, turn two or three. Right. Well, and so the resistance does have like some decaying charge cards. We've seen, you know, some of this stuff before. And that usually encourages the opponent to run away. Uh, for those first few turns, kind of play through that card. But it's pretty hard to run away from a ship with the slam action. Yeah. Uh, and I'm assuming this one will not have as, as limited of dial as other slamming ships because it's only getting to do that for a few turns. Yeah, so they can actually kind of balance that out too because oftentimes with the slam ships, they have to have not an not as an amazing dial, though I guess the uh, uh, gunboat is got a pretty strong dial um sometimes they limit the dial though they don't really have to do that here because you're only getting it for those three turns which is pretty cool 
So yeah, no, this looks pretty cool. I'm just really excited because I love the paint scheme on Django Fett Slave 1. It is really cool. Um, and with that expansion, you get pilots for the fire spray in the Separatist faction, as well as I think they said there's going to be some scum pilots as well. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And then I think you're also getting, um, they mentioned there's going to be cards that are applicable to the other Slave Ones too. I'm assuming they meant a new title. Maybe I misunderstood that. Um, but that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, but the Django Fett Slave 1 has uh, the similar, actually it's the same build as the uh, Scum and Villainy Slave 1. Three attack out the front, three attack out the rear, two agility, six hull, and four shields, along with the focus lock, red reinforced, and boost action. Right, I mean, so same fire spray. Now we get some cool new pilots, um, and most noteworthy is the first initiative six fire spray pilot. Django Fett. <laughs> yep, and I love... Have you seen his subtitle? Just a simple man. He's a simple man. Um, he's got an interesting ability. So while you defend or perform a primary attack, if the difficulty of your revealed maneuver is less than that of the enemy ships, you may change one of the enemy ship's focus results to a blank result. Uh, which is so great for that uh, title of simple man. Just, you know, take it easy. Take a nice stroll. Do that <laughs> one blue bank and then get this cool advantage. Well, and, th- and this is cool, too, because there there are some connections here to Django Fett's ability and Boba Fett's ability, because uh, Django Fett's ability obviously isn't limited to once per turn. So if you're getting shot at a bunch of times, as long as the maneuver you revealed is easier than your opponent's maneuver, um, you're going to get this effect, which is pretty strong. I mean, canceling modifiable dice uh, could really limit damage coming at you from one or multiple ships. Well, it also encourages you to use that reinforce action more, you know, use those blue maneuvers, clear that stress. Yeah, well, and this ability's great. I love um, these kind of maneuver-focused pilot abilities that allow both players to um, engage in this ability, you know. Your opponent can choose easier maneuvers just to take away this ability. You know, if they do a blue, you can't do anything better than that. Yeah, and I, I think this is actually going to help the uh, Separatist faction in a good way. I mean, the Separatist faction is obviously doing fine with uh, drones and whatnot. It's cool for them to get some good options that aren't just limited to, you know, super efficient swarms. Right. It, it allows the faction to grow and mature and do some other stuff. I mean, because, like, you have those Sith infiltrators um, that are great, you know, battleships. And the Fire Spray, another great battleship. So, you know, the ability to just pair a Fire Spray and an Infiltrator, that could be awesome. Um, or, you know, Django Fett and one or two uh, Tri-Fighters, that could be a pretty sweet list. Yeah, so, I mean, overall, I'm pretty excited for the back half of Wave 7, as well as all this new content coming from Wave 8. Like, there's a lot of really exciting stuff coming. So, I, I mean, honestly, I was not expecting to get this many new announcements from Gen Con. It makes sense that they did. Um, but it's, I guess maybe it's been so long since we've been super hyped for new X-Wing stuff that to have all this come at once is pretty great. Okay, I know we're running a little long, but uh, we did lose an episode last week. So, um, And we, we got to talk about Yoda, Tim, before we leave. We do. Yeah, I'll, I mean, we're gonna, this one's probably going to be close to ooh, 50 minutes or something. But yeah, we can't not talk about Yoda. It's okay. I filled it with some dead space. There's, there, there's some time we'll cut out. Um, yeah, so we have a Republic crew yoda of course iconic star wars character let's look at yoda we have a republic crew with the purple coordinate 
and two force charges. Um, so that's awesome. All of the other force crew cards we've seen have just had one force charge, right? Has Palpatine? Yeah. Is he just one? Palpatine's just one, yeah. So yeah. this is a, right away a really splashy awesome. element that they've added, which is pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> the first thing it says to me is like, okay, he's going to be really expensive because obviously force charges are super strong. And most of the force crew that we see are usually, I mean, at minimum 10 points, probably above that. Um, Yoda's also got the ability after another friendly ship at range 0 to 2 fully executes a purple maneuver or performs a purple action. So looking at you, A to 2, Actus. Uh, you may spend one force charge if you do that ship recovers one force charge. Yeah, so that's awesome. The Republic's been kind of hurting for really good support abilities in their crew. Um, obviously, Sinker's a great support arc, um, but you know, with that Republic gunship, we want some better crew options to, you know, protect and help out these awesome Jedi starfighters. Yoda's a great option here. Um, that's a great ability. Get those force back to those ships. And on a upgrade card that comes with two force, that cost of giving away your force, um, because you know, we can see that Chancellor Palpatine can do something similar, but he gives away his only force. Yoda has that bank. Um, so that's such a such a huge distinction there. And I mean, you know, I can already tell with the 82 Actus and the uh, purple actions that you can get from that. It will be cool because there's so many cases where, you know, I spend out all my force when I'm flying even the other sprites right now that with the, at least with the Actus, being able to get those force back after I use that ship ability to reposition in the system. Yeah, phase. you need to just roll better. Um, that's how you don't, <laughs> don't go through your force as much. But it'll be great to have Yoda as a way to kind of even out where my force is because, you know, the ship that has Yoda on it obviously can use the force charges but might not need to in every case. So being able to bounce that out across your ships and kind of use Yoda as a source for the force. Um, that's a great rhyme. Eh, it's an okay rhyme. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, just that two force. There's there's so many implications. You know, you have that purple coordinate. You have this other way to spend the force. Um, and then just giving whatever ship, you know, those two force charges, uh, that's a huge game changer. What a cool card. I mean, you know, we've wanted Yoda in this game for a long time. And, you know, he's got to be such an exciting character. And I think that that's a design burden. I think that's that's hard to do right. You know, when you have these iconic characters, um, you want them to make a big splash. You want them to see play. You want them to be exciting. And, you know, obviously we don't know the points, but Yoda looks awesome. All right, Carson. So, I mean, to close out this conversation with Yoda, ballpark, what do you think the points are going to be? What would be your best guess for, guess for a card like this? I think um, the range is probably comparable to Resistance Leia, right? I think that's our best comparison. I think it'll be, yeah, I think it'll be low 20s. I think it'll be in like the 22, 22 to 24 range, which might be a little cheap given what he can do, but I also think they, you know, they introduce him, they want him to be used right away. So the bouncing can come later. Yeah, Plus, I, I think mean, he's a crew card, so you can't include him in every list, and he's you know, a finite number of platforms in the Republic that he can go on. So. Right. I think that's going to be more of his limitation is what ships um, is he going to work well on that you can still also you know, include some cool Jedis that you want to support. Because I think if you're using him, you're probably going to want some Jedis in your list, and they don't come too cheap. Oh, you know what? We are running long, but we have to talk about R2-D2, I think, as well. Oh, we missed R2-D2? He's super good. Yeah, we did. Okay, <sighs> yeah. You know, 
it's hard to say who's a bigger Star Wars character, Yoda or R2-D2, right? I mean, I can't really pick between my kids, right? Um, the new R2-D2, though, is bonkers. is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, the new R2-D2 is Republic-only astromech with two charges and reads, after you activate, you may spend one charge and gain one deplete token to repair a damage card, recover one shield, or remove a device at range 0 to 1. So this thing's got some crazy utility. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is like the most powerful regen card. You know, obviously, Rebel R2-D2 has three charges, but that tactical flexibility of recover the shield, repair the damage card, or get rid of a device, wow, that's that's huge. And a deplete versus a weapons disabled, huge difference as well. Yeah, I mean, a, a groundbreaking difference. I can't imagine this one being cheaper than, I don't know, what? 10 or 12 points like it's gonna it's gonna be up there for astromech and we've seen some pretty expensive astromechs before if only we could just have one ship and i could just play a delta 7 anakin with this uh that's all that's all you need right (laughs) you'd be invincible i'm just you know i'm just happy to have something to deal with those uh pesky buzz droids (laughs) but actually right (laughs) right all right, I think we've uh, gone on long enough here. This is going to be one of the longer episodes. It's fair, though. We did miss last week, so this one will be long. The only thing that makes me sad is that, you know, next week's episode is also going to be very long, so a little bit of a break in our uh, normal formatting. But that seems appropriate with the amount of stuff that's been coming at us this last week. The people demand entertainment, Tim. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that was our look at a lot of the new content. Just kind of first impressions. Obviously, we'll be able to talk about more as we learn more from upcoming preview articles. Um, next week, though, we're planning on doing a big episode talking about all the points changes. Um, we just had to hold off on that because there was just too much new content to, for us to ignore. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a content desert, um, you know, all these quarantine months, which has been tough. And now it just feels like a total 180, like so much cool new stuff uh, announced and in theory coming out pretty quickly here yeah i mean you know the next few months we're gonna have a lot of releases and i know that a lot of the uh, existing fantasy flight releases got delayed so it's gonna be cool to see all that content to start flowing out again either way though let us know on facebook what are you most excited about which of these new expansions are you uh eager to get on the table is it going to be that eight to two actus is it going to be those new pilots for the uh Whatever it's called, Heroes of it's the, the Her- Heralds of Hope. <laughs> Heralds of Hope expansion. It's the resistance. Um, lots of cool stuff. So yeah, let us know. You can go on to Facebook.com slash radio TCX and like our Facebook page if you like the show. If you want to help the show grow and reach a wider audience, please consider going onto iTunes and leaving us a five-star review saying what you like about the show and why others should listen. And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash radio TCX and become a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already become a supporter of the show. Again, folks, thank you so much. We're very excited to have new X-Wing content out here, and I'm sure you guys are too. So uh, we will talk to you about points next week. Okay, sorry, just waiting for my cat to jump across. Um, we were talking about Star Starbird Slash here. Yeah, I just she zoomed out or something. <laughs>
press enter. I'm leaving all of this in, Carson. No, you're not. This is not good yes, content. It's great um, content. <laughs>